opens the presents. The present, since he's a good guy, it contains a coupon for new parents, but is expired. This is a Joker joke. What's the end of it? Amazing. Someone needs to write that into a whole run of machine learning Batman. I'd buy that series. All right, guys. Yeah, I'll leave you with that. But uh, strong. I will see you guys soon, and hopefully, you know, I'm gonna be all I'm gonna be all the way vaccinated on 420. Nice. I'm already. I'm there. I got did you get, did you get Moderna or Pfizer? Pfizer. 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 The, the Pfizer. Pfizer, yeah. The Pfizer. <laughs> uns cupcakes, uns brownies, uns gummy bears, uns gummy bears. Yeah. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, I go, we are, yeah, yeah. No, we are Nazis and we have done some bad things, but we're actually really nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is my friend Hans Bibler. He's a... It's very really cold. He's finding us the, the, the giants under the ground. Are you doing it's... Taika Waititi doing Adolf Hitler? <laughs> I always end up doing some kind of fucking New Zealand thing, huh? It always, even when I'm doing German, I still sound like I'm New Zealand. It still works. It's good. It's good content. All right, gentlemen. Have All a right. good one. All right. We'll Cheers. see you. Have fun with the, with the puppy and your, your dinner. I will. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Very nice. Hasta la bye. Hasta la bye-bye. What? <laughs> Everything that's happened this last year and then the fuck this last week. It's been pretty good. Uh, yesterday, yeah. like yeah. fucking come on, you guys. Oh, was yesterday the, the shooting in a boulder? Yeah. yeah. Just like uh, are we are we are we in? Did I miss the, the cold open? No, we're doing uh, this right now. What are you drinking, it's Juice? Cold. Uh, I'm drinking some Denavolino. It's icy. I'm drinking some uh, Yeah, we had some we had some trout. We had some Gin and tonic and a wine. So, Did you do Dino? Are you are you friends with a a, a man myth legend known as as Brian Brian Hibbard? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Everybody's got, the, got Dino got right connections. now. God, I fucking love that man. Except he. Yeah. I'm confused as to whether or not he loves us back because he's always happy to see Sean and I whenever we're birds. But like, as far as like intentionally setting up, yeah, I think he's just a very elusive person too. This is true. He also has a lot and going on. I'm drinking. Busy, busy guy. Yeah, what are you drinking? Kelly Fox. It's a Pinot Grigio, I think, but it has like an orange tint to it. A little skin Ooh, contact nice. there. Yeah, a little oh, skin. I got a. You know what? I gotta... Hey, you know I'm all about the skin contact. I just saw Jesse in the background. What's up, Jesse? Oh, yeah. Here, they say. Uh, oh, she's gone now. Hello. She's gone say now. She's she, waving. She doesn't care. <laughs> I got I to gotta show you this you one cool dorks. thing about, you know, I do a online culinary school and that's terrible. Yeah, um, it doesn't sound like but, fun. No, and I have to do all these mandatory Zoom meetings <clears throat> that they want us like in our stupid chef coats and on camera for, <laughs> and I I don't have the patience for that. So I made this thing where I just I cover up my camera. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a it's a good twenty minute loop of me sitting there like a non plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's my meeting filter. What what, 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 happens what, what happens when the what happens when they ask you to respond? Uh, they don't. They don't. No, no one cares. They just have to see you in the square. <laughs> so, you're gonna be. You're gonna be. You're gonna be so fucked though. If one day. And Jake, uh, what do you think? This little Lego guy over my camera. Can't really see that there. That's but it just covers guy. the top of the of the thing. So there are no students in this meeting. It's all faculty, and you have to wear the chef coats. Yeah, it's all faculty for just like a mandatory <laughs> all staff meeting where they talk us, tell us like how to use Zoom and 
it's, it's, it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, should we just do some sandwich music and talk about a pizza place? Just, just go for, for it. Yeah. For two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> See where this ends up. And are we are we recording it for the the Patreon? Do a the the video version. We don't we don't have a Patreon yet. Also, we should probably get better visuals before we start. <laughs> you got boycott sales. We're set. Raven's looking cool in his sweatshirt and the sunglasses. You got that New York hat. Okay, okay. Sandwich I can just music. put my Jay. filter Cut. back on. Mookie. No. <laughs> Shut that down. <laughs> Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is Mr. Senor Love Daddy. I should be wearing the sunglasses because I'm Mr. Senor Love Daddy. Mr. Mr. Love Poppy. God, I should have watched this movie recently. I I know the main points, but it's all the minutiae I'm going to (laughs) miss. The minutiae? Okay. Coming in hot right at the top with minutiae. But this is the minutiae. Jake, you know I do words, too. I know you do words. I like it. I'm into it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. But this is this this a sandwich? Um, A show for mother, sister, and the mayor alone. Rest in peace, Ozzy Davis and Ruby D. You know what I'm saying? I do now. I didn't. I wouldn't have before. Rest in- called you. Called you a crazy person two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> saying a bunch of nonsense. Do, do now, now I get it. I watched the movie. Oh, well, was that which, was Mr. that the, was Senor, that the intro? Mr. Senor, was that it? Yeah. This episode is yeah. also brought to you by Rowdy Rich's Mud and Jello Emporium. Because what else are you gonna wrestle in? And uh, who are you? I'm Raven. And not and- Rowdy Rich. <laughs> no, you guy, look like you're doing rowdy. Guy's got he, I like it. Got got ego, with, a, like... with a box. What's, in the, what's he, in the box? He's gonna get lazy. Box. What's in the box? We're not talking about seven, okay? And I'm I'm the box. Because you do have Gwyneth Paltrow's head inside of you, which we need to unpack sometime. Speaking of which, Mr. Senor Love Daddy. Uh, Mookie delivers him a chicken parm sandwich, which I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like chicken parmesan that you usually eat with with spaghetti, but you it's on uh, bread. I hope you were just addressing the listener because you know fucking damn well that Jake <laughs> and I know what a chicken parm sandwich is. What if you take the spaghetti <laughs> and you dry it out, turn it back into flour, and make spaghetti bread? <laughs> Million dollar. Idea. I, thought, I thought that was. I thought that was going to be a blop blop, but then it was a cash register. And it caught me off guard. That was nice. Who who plays Senor Love Daddy again? <laughs> Fucking Sam um, Jackson. Director Jeff, yeah. Director Fury, obviously. Duh. God, I'm gonna look like such an uh, asshole. Or, or Mace Windu, depending on. 
Do we want to start from the beginning? Could we start with Rosie Perez's just like, uh, just pelvic thrusting for for like <laughs> that opening is like seven minutes long. It really sets the tone. So good. Um, <laughs> Spike Lee got Public Enemy to write that song for the movie. Fight the power. Yeah. That song was stuck in my head for the rest of the oh, week. Oh, you know why? It's because it plays it's... 19 times throughout the film. It doesn't really feel like it stops, which I think is the point. I want I want to I want to count how many times somebody just did a, a character or anybody is just like, "Woo, it is hot." <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> right? uh, oh man, it's Samuel Jackson starts off the film with good that. Movie. And then uh you get my just guy classic cinematography. You get my guy Ozzy Davis waking up from a, <clears throat> a drunken stupor and and he's like it's like it's hot. It's fucking hot. And then you get da- Danny Aiello getting out the car, like, damn, it's hot. <laughs> that's in the first. Yeah. That's in the first twenty minutes of the movie. And it just keeps getting hotter. Things are are the the pots simmering, getting tense. I think wow. that's the thing, you know. So Sean, you're the only Pressure one here building. who's lived in New York. So what? What and and in Brooklyn? What what are the what are the heat waves like there? Because I remember it's I was like there. That. I was there like eight years ago. It's pretty uh, accurate. Me, my sister, my aunt, and my uncle did a little fucking East Coast tour. Spent a week in DC, a week in Philly, a week in New York, and we were there during a heat wave, and it was fucking hot. Yeah, it's fucking crazy but, hot. But I'll dude. tell you what, did you crack Philly, open the fire hydrant? I did. Oh yeah, I all got the arrested time, dude. immediately. Oh, th- that that scene is is most of my summers. Like real deal. Like we didn't do the can shit so much. You know, like the what? The, the can. You know how they put the cans over the. Over the oh, and made nozzle like a so, so that they can spray it. We didn't do that yeah. so much. We would just like, you know how like you like squeeze a hose. We would just like angle yeah. it with our hands. Yeah, just, who's gonna go get a can? You don't just, just hollows out a can. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, gotta open both sides of the can. Uh, so Spike Lee <laughs> made Rosie Perez dance for eight hours. She uh, injured her knee. And also got tennis elbow. That's why in some of the shots, she looks fucking pissed. <laughs> I think that adds to. Was I Spike mean, Lee she's really supposed to be. She's got a lot of things to, to be that. Like she was about. Uh-huh. Why? It's fight the power. They they opened it up with fucking Elvis was a hero to most, but he's like never done shit for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? So I'm so, I'm sorry, y'all. I like I said, I've seen this movie, but you know, it's not a reason to me. So I just did a quick googling of the cast, just so I can keep up with all these mm-hmm. names Sean's dropping. And I can't pronounce his name, but Giancarlo Giancarlo Giuseppe, Esposito was born Giuseppe in Copenhagen. Alessandro Alessandro. His full name is G- Giancarlo Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito. Mm-hmm. I did not know that he played fucking bugging out. Yeah, yeah, he plays bugging out, dude. He like flips out. He like that's like the most accurately uh, named character in the history of cinema, because uh, that's exactly what he does. Also, he bugs wasn't out. He the, wasn't he the one that was it rocking the? There's one thing he's rocking the fours. <coughs> yeah, he's rocking the fours. Which fours are those, Sean? The white some? ones. The white cement. Those are fucking dope. Those are the original fours to drop. Uh, Sneakerhead. Um, so this movie takes place on Stuyvesant. Avenue and and Lexington Avenue, which do y'all pronounce it Stuyvesant? Stuyvesant. 
I didn't realize Wait, this, Jake, but this is going to be right? like another no. another <laughs> <laughs> weirdo across the bridge in Jersey. No, <laughs> I know, I know, Jake. This episode's about do the right thing, but this is going to be a great time for us to ask Sean all the mundane questions we ever want to know about daily things in New York. I always read it that that's obviously pronounced Stewie Vescent. Let's get this party started right. Flavor Flav. That's the best impression of that you're going to get out of me. That was good. Love it. That was good. Is he in the movie? No, but, but Flavor Flav is in Public Enemy. He's the hype. Okay, so he's kind of in the movie. Yeah, technically. it The, the yeah. song is a character just as much as anybody else. Yeah. The song the and, the, and the pizza. Uh, the pizza's just kind of around. The pizza is what they call what <laughs> they call a, a blender in movies, right? So for what instance, do you mean by a blender? So for that. instance, in uh, Enemy of the State, the Will Smith movie, he yeah, just yeah. keeps. So a blender is an object or a thing that doesn't really drive the plot, but for some reason it keeps being being brought up. So uh, <laughs> Will Smith is obsessed with his blender. <laughs> In the film, but obviously the film is about him uh, being wrongfully accused of some kind of espionage and then being chased for right. an hour yeah. and a half. Like a, a few cl- classic fugitive situation. Which movie? Enemy of the State. <clears throat> never seen that. With slightly fewer Harrison Fords. Mm. So, he's not in that. So you're saying Blender like, is a thing? All the movies start to run Blender is a term now? Yeah, so a blender. It's the, like the pizza. The pizza is a blender because it's it's like there, but it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. I feel like there's a there's a term for that something that's like a recurring theme that's referenced. That's not necessarily a plot device. Yeah, yeah. a trope. Is that a trope, Jake? No, it's, nope. It's a blender. No, I'm, not, I'm think, just saying. I words. think blenders the right. I mean, there might be a literary thing that I don't know, but I think in this case. I'm, gonna say I'm, I'm down with Blender. Onomatopoeia. So I lived in Bed- yeah. I lived in Bed Stuy for about six. No, it was like five, four or five years. Um, I kind of bounced around New York, um, well Brooklyn itself, and Stuyvesant, where I lived in in Bed Stuy, was like right on the line between Bushwick, Bed Stuy, and then like Williamsburg is like a further ways down. Uh, further ways east, I guess. No, west. Further ways west. Um, where this took place is like southwest of where I've lived. Um, so there's there's like I should have looked at a fucking map because I do not remember. Um, you still can. I mean, yeah, there I, are I, there are maps. I lived on. Uh, we live in the time of maps. Putnam and Ralph, <laughs> and this. See exactly because I remember walking down this street a lot, like while they were filming. No, it was eighty nine, so I had not been born yet. Um, that that would have been cool. She had like a cameo on accident, just like walking past in the background, or if you like ordered a pizza, just like on the route, or just like hey, here's your slice. Could you order slices to be delivered? In you I just get one slice brought up to you. Do you have to order a whole pizza? I I, I remember how, like if we ordered pizza for delivery, it it almost always uh, was a whole pie. You just get one slice and like one cigarette. Okay, here's Ralph. I wish I would start smoking cigarettes again for that. Hmm? I would start smoking cigarettes again if that was a deal. (laughs) I think that's neat. Yo, you know, it just brings you a beer, a shot, a slice of pizza, and a cigarette. 
Yeah. Okay. So okay where they that. were. No. So well, Raven, you're done with class? Did you pass? Uh, this quarter, yeah, I did pass. Nice. Didn't know there were no assignments really. Well, there were. Thanks. Thanks for driving this Good. podcast for a second. Because <laughs> yeah, you're doing the map thing, or just. Uh... Um. Actually, this wasn't that far from where I, where I lived, really. That's why I remember walking there a lot. <laughs> it's all coming back to him. Yeah, yeah. So my grandmother lived in Bushwick. She lived on Gates, which is one of the main uh, thoroughways in Bedford-Stuyvesant. She, but she lived on Gates and Bushwick, but like right on the other side <laughs> of of Broadway, which cuts Bushwick and Bedford-Stuyvesant. So where's the best pizza in that area? In that area, Sal's. Ooh, no one's going to Sal's. Sal's isn't a real there was, place, is it? There was. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there place. is, but I don't think it's the, there was the one, same. There was one on Maybe. Broadway around the corner that wasn't that bad, but there was another one like on on Central, which was in Bushwick, that was the Bee's Knees, and then you got this other Main Street in in uh, Bed Stuy, uh, Fulton. Which had a bunch of pizzerias and shit on there. I don't know. It, like, I, when I last lived in New York, it was like at the height of, of like gentrification and like businesses going out of business and shit like that. So, fun. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's that. Um, so, to you, Sean, what, can you please uh, illuminate for me what makes, to you, what makes a, a quintessential slice of New York pie other than like it's cut especially large so you have to fold it in half to eat it? Um Well, it's all right, it's tough to say because especially working in the food industry, I've had a lot of like gourmet pizzas that I would consider like fucking dope as shit. But then I've had like a little more lowbrow pizzas, especially living in the Pacific Northwest, where they're trying to emulate the the like New York style pie, like like so sizzle pie slices. and shit like that, and like and it's just fine. You Maybe know, it's different in the dough, or just like basically it's just, it's a large flop. You know, I really couldn't I really couldn't tell you. Like, I remember mostly like the. The like dollar fifty, two dollar slice, like the the cheap, just run of the mill. It's it's one of ten Sal's pizzerias. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it's like, well, it's more like one of like fifteen, but it, for some reason it says they all say Sal's number two. Is there something? <laughs> is Sal's an actual pizzeria? It's all the second Sal's pizzeria. Um. I don't think famously or like uniquely, but there were when you were there, like there. Yeah, for sure. There's Tony's. Tony's was one. Like, do you think? Do you think he got the name from Sal's or vice versa? There's better pizza spots in Brooklyn than like neighborhoods that I lived in, but obviously I lived in Black and Latino neighborhoods and not a, a, a Italian neighborhoods in Brooklyn because you got like Carroll Gardens and like uh, Bensonhurst and Bay Ridge, where like the low-key italian food is bomb as fuck but then like you get like it's mostly like immigrant mexican workers 
and like the owner of the actual pizzeria is like Indian or Greek. You know what I'm saying? Right, so I, I have two things <laughs> I want to say. That's America. That's what makes it cool. <laughs> two things I want to say is blow my mind how many fucking neighborhoods there are in New York because Brooklyn itself is a neighborhood of New York City. And within that, you have all these different neighborhoods. And I feel like in Seattle, we have like, there's not that, I mean, we do have split up, but it's it's not like, there's not as many sub neighborhoods. I think I think if, if Seattle, you know, wasn't so young that they would have had the same mentality when building it you know what i mean because do you think that like here in seattle for example like if it was the way new york is new york city is like wallingford fucking finney and greenwood maybe even ballard be all part of one fucking neighborhood and then they would be their own sub neighborhoods possibly but you even have sub neighborhoods within yeah. like some yeah. of these other places and also my second thing did he fucking did spike get the name sal's from the sal's piece that are in new york or did I think he just named it Sal's because, like, the character was named Sal. <laughs> Danny yeah. Aiello, R.I.P. Yeah. Also, and just a regular, like. Also, if you, you need know. me to fill you in in who any of these people are, because I remember Sal's. The, uh, well, I, well, like, I I might just be calling them by their by their their real names is because I know all their names and I know who they are as people because. <laughs> I'm a weird film nerd, <laughs> and I also this, this must true. be like one of your favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, no, I I've seen it so many times. Like, like I was trying to watch it before we were recording, and I got like thirty or forty five minutes into it, and I was like, oh, I remember all of this. Like, I remember everything as clear as day, and it's like, I I can I can do this. I can do this. Um, you watch it all the way through? No, 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 not this time. I'm probably gonna watch it like maybe tonight or something like that. I don't know. Um, but so then, you know, we get, you get your introduction to, to, oh wait, no, it starts with, uh, Smiley, a very special guy. Yep. Uh, Roger Guinevere Smith, who also did like a one man show that I've seen where he plays Huey P. Newton, uh, one of the leaders of the Black Panthers and, uh. He awesome. he seems like he seems like one of those actors that definitely was more on the theater side. I almost feel like I've seen him like in a procedural. You drama, probably like, you probably like, seen like him. a Law and Order yeah. type situation. He probably you watched he, the uh, the Chicago Seven. I haven't yet, yet. The trial of the Chicago Seven because I just watched that like a week after watching Do the Right Thing, and the two together were just like, and then <laughs> real life it's just like, Boom. what the actual fuck, <laughs> like. Yeah. But anyway. We'll get we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, real life. But really you brought up uh, Huey Newton and the Black Panthers, and it's just like yeah. Which reminds me, I really want to see Judas and the Black Messiah. But you got you got Roger Guinevere Smith going uh, full retard. Yeah. Some I like, and I get it. It's just the times of things. I've been watching a lot of older movies, and there's a or just a lot of a lot older shows in general. But there wasn't it, a point, though. Sorry to drop, but there, looking back, there wasn't a point. I remember watching. Remember when I was watching, I was thinking, "Uh, this didn't, you know, age well." But also, I remember thinking there isn't a point. And I feel like Spike Lee exploits this character's like uh, mental handicap no. or like a humor no. for a humor thing. No, it's just it was just the character. Yeah, the character is just special. Yeah, if anything, I think it was I, like I think it was like the juxtaposition of him being. Um, having uh developmental disabilities like mentally but also still like you know going out preaching the message of like malcolm x 
Oh, yeah. And, oh, and kind of showing, like, Mookie's character as, like, you know, one of the few people who, like, just treats him like a regular guy. Like, he's like, not. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, hey. Like, but also, like, I don't have time for you right now because I'm, like, going yeah. through some stuff. Like, he doesn't patronize him. Like, it shows, yeah. like, Mookie is, like, a solid person of, like, you know, integrity yeah. because of his interactions with Smiley and that he's not, like, you know, talking down to whatever. He's like, yeah, hey, whatever. But also, I was like, you know, get the fuck out of my way because yeah. I'm going through some stuff yeah. and treats him like a human being, which I think yeah. is stood out and just kind of showing like, you know, when you're thinking of doing the right thing. So, and so where Mookie is, does that, the consensus is that, is that Spike Lee is, is in this movie as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, the consensus, that's just the fact. The more oh know. yeah. Um, so I, I don't, it, I got to look it up again, but, how old do you think he was when he was in this? Spike Lee? We're going we're gonna to find he started, out. We're he he must have started making film when he was young, huh? Because I, I bet he, oh, wasn't, he wasn't older than 30 in this. No. Um, 1989, that was the release date. Uh, Academy Award nomination for Danny Aiello. Best Motion Picture nominate nom for Spike, Academy Award for Original Screenplay nom, and then Danny Aiello again for Spike Lee Golden was thirty two years old when they made Do the Right Thing. Yeah, uh, do you, you want to do a little background on Spike Lee? Uh, yeah, we can. I just put Giancarlo Esposito. He's the, the Gus. chicken guy. Gus. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I'm so bad at getting. He's get also he's also uh, all the time. He's also in the Mandalorian. I always forget what his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. I knew that, and I was like, Moff Moff Gideon or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I got that's fresh, but I haven't watched Breaking Bad for like eight years or whatever. I've never and seen I've, Breaking Bad. They, they were separate for whatever reason. So, fun fact about Spike Lee. I don't know if you had a narrative you wanted to follow uh, talking about him, but. In 1983, Lee premiered his first independent short film, Joe's Bedsty Barbershop, Wig Cut Heads. Lee submitted the film as his master's degree thesis at the Tisch School of the Arts. He went to Tisch? I thought he went to NYU film. Lee's classmates, Ang Lee and Ernest R. Dickerson, worked on the film as assistant director and cinematographer. So he was fucking around with Ang Lee, too, at the time. Was he? Yeah. Is that right? Also, didn't know he had a master's degree. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Uh, okay. Oh, he went to fucking Dewey. What? I don't think that's a school anymore. I don't know what that is. It's a high school, John Dewey High School. Uh. Yeah, I went to Wingate. Nice. Uh, what? Wingate, George Ooh. W. Wingate. So all of all of our high schools are just named, named after, after folks. It named after old white people. Well, that seems fair. Typical. Let's go through the film. Mine is mine was more broadly just heritage. Ours, so, was, ours was just nothing. named after landmarks in the area. This named after landmarks in the area. My high school is called Prairie High School because it was in Brush Prairie, Washington. Nice. Uh, the other seems high school fair. down in Battleground was Battleground High School. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a test. That's really set in the, st- set in the scene. What is your school. high school name? 
This was heritage. heritage. There was a heritage. There was a heritage high school in Vancouver as well, Jake. There's a heritage high school everywhere. <laughs> like trying to type it in when I was like doing college applications, like heritage is like blah 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know, the one in Littleton, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so like, which one? There's eight of them. No, there's just the one. But. So he does. She's got to have it. The Joe's Best Diet Barbershop. We cut heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, school days. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a musical. Well, or like, there's musical pieces in it, but it's, I don't think it's fully a musical. It's got like uh, basically the cast from a different world in it. And mm-hmm. Spike's also <laughs> in it. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who also uh, in the beginning and the end of the film says, wake up very loudly to the camera. So there's that. Uh, nice. kind of a Kind of a theme running here. Uh, so do the right thing. Is probably like the first one to like get crazy noms for yeah. It it was though his like breakout. It's for like, sure, it's like the thing that that gets him what they call a, a blank check in Hollywood, it, and and they get to pursue whatever passion projects that they have, and the studio right. pays for it because they know that this is a bankable thing. Um, yeah. While we're talking about Mookie, uh, so his introduction, he's counting money. Yeah. And, like, the way he's counting it, it's almost like he's not counting it. Like, like very, he's, like, counting it very difficultly. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it seems like he keeps having to restart his count. Uh Uh-huh. He's got got a gold tooth and a fly-ass haircut. A lot of parts and stuff going on. Yeah, wearing a Jordan jersey, most yeah. notably, and then he switches to, uh, was it uh, what's the fuck, uh, baseball player, uh, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. Why did I have I, that? Jersey. Oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Jackie Chad- Robinson. Ch- Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Oh, and Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> More wine on my computer now. <laughs> um. I haven't then, seen that. I heard that was cool. I need to check that out. I believe it was fine. It, It's like his breakout role as well. Um, yeah. It's going to be tough to top Black Panther, though. I'm just... I mean... He also, play, he also played it's James so Brown. Good. So there's what? that. He also played James Brown. Yeah, also cool, but I mean... I mean, it's but sports by just a little bit better. Yeah, I don't remember if the movie was critically acclaimed or not, but it was. I I've seen it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I've seen it. I, I have not. I'm surprised that I've seen the the Chicago one. I don't usually see movies, but <laughs> I'm on, I'm ahead of the game on that one. That was like a this year movie. Uh, well, last last year. year. Yeah, it came out last year. Um, I mean, it it got this year's whatever. Do we do we ever get a, a look at what no. kind of kicks uh, Mook's rocking? I don't threes? think he's I don't think he's wearing J's. <laughs> I think I think Bugging Out is the only one wearing J's, which is surprising because at this time, him and Michael Jordan, even though even though he played for the Bulls and Spike Lee is a known diehard Knicks fan, yeah. They like this making commercials. How do you not love Michael Jordan though? I mean, everyone just watched the. Well, no, that was that do, wasn't Spike Lee. Right that was Mars Blackman. Yeah, it was Mars uh, Blackman. Okay, the last 
Last Dance, this dance. Maybe save, that's why. Uh, save this dance. Maybe that's why he embodied that character. It saved the last dance with Julia Styles and that black. That's dude. the one. Yes. Oh, and that I've black dude that, that I couldn't tell movie. you what his name was. Don't did did didn't I give you like nice. a, a, no the shirt I didn't give you wasn't a black one later one, it was like a a hair Jordan with the invisible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I sold it to you. I didn't give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> People have business here. Friend. Friend, nice. Gave you the friends and family discount. Doing, doing I gave you like fucking a th- friendship here. I gave you like a thirty dollar <laughs> nice. discount on that. Nice, um, solid. What do we? What do we get? How do you, how do you get next? Oh yeah, he's the, he's the guy. We got we got da- Danny Aiello and uh, Pino and Vito. Pino Vito. John Turturro. Amazing. He's great. The dude is such, a, such good a, actor. a good actor. Yeah, he's so fucking good. Like he can play. Every kind of villain in so many different ways. Do you know? And do you know, still make them deplorable and relatable at the same time. Like, it's a tough he plays line two to types walk. Of characters. He plays villain or weirdly mysterious and aloof butler. Mr. Deeds? What? Nobody? Oh, he is in. Oh, I forgot about that. Where Adam Sandler just beats the shit out of his foot with the fire poker. Uh-huh, because it's dead. He got like a dead foot. And his, I'm very, very sneaky, sir. You guys don't remember this? I I I always remember the scene I'm where I'm pissed. I need I need to go grab a rain. No, I'm walking out of the room. Oh, I'll be back there. <laughs> He's out. I always he plays the he plays the Jesus. Yeah, he plays Jesus in uh in uh the the big Lebowski, mm-hmm. the bums of loss. Also, also wasn't he the villain in Secret Window, that movie Johnny Depp? Yeah, he's a just a, in all kinds of these weird roles. I, well, I mostly okay. think of him of uh, if, the guy in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, though. Like, yeah, if I remember Secret one. Window correctly, uh, he was he wasn't a real person. It was a figment of Johnny Depp's imagination, right? Oh, that's right. Fucking spoilers, man. <laughs> people, haven't, people haven't seen that fifteen-year-old Johnny Depp movie. Also, that that movie's fine, but like. It's not. It's it's fine. Like also, like Johnny Depp is mucho canceled. So like, again, still, what yeah. did he do this time? I don't know. They did a bunch of weird stuff with Amber Heard. Apparently, they were just like abusing each other and being weird. I mean, is anyone that surprised? Like, when you look at Johnny Depp, like I don't know. That's I don't know the nuance of all that situation, but that's just. Before that we, seems uh, before, very different than like before we move Mario Batali having like a weird, gross sex back, dungeon. Before we move on back to the podcast, can I tell a, a fun anecdote about Johnny Depp? I heard. Sure. So I was listening to a song Exploder, the one where the artists talk about how they made songs, and it was with Glass Animals. Oh, nice! And it was album of the year. It was talking about one of their last so- uh, that song. Uh, I forget the name of it, but you're familiar with the latest album, Juice. Yeah, Dreamland. Uh, late night in the middle of June. Heat waves. Yeah, heat wave. But apparently, when the guy was writing the initial hook, he was like sitting in a dark room at the studio. There's like a bunch of studios. There's like a bunch of like famous people they're creating. But he was there, and it was dimly lit, dark in a big studio. And he was playing. And when he got done, he's like, "I finally got the idea of what I wanted to say." He's like, "I heard clapping, and I didn't know where it was coming from." I said, "Who's there?" And I just heard someone say, "It's John." He's like, I turned around and Johnny Depp was sitting there with a glass of wine, just watching me. And I didn't know how to feel about. Fuck. And so, creeping hard. And somebody came in and said, "Come on, Johnny," and he's like, and then said, "Sorry," and, and wrangled Johnny Depp and took him out of the room. I've got, I've got 
a lot of uh, weird stories about Johnny Depp that I'm just, I'm going to, we need to get back to, to yeah. what we were talking about. This isn't about Johnny Depp. <laughs> Um, we'll we'll get it on the on the break. We'll save it for the the Patreon. But special. John John we'll Turturro, John Turturro, I just I always remember this scene where um, Mookie is like talking to him about like race stuff, and he, Mookie specifically like points out that his hair is is uh, thicker and and. Lack of a better term, nappier than 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 his own hair, and he's yeah. like, "What do you mean you're not you're not black, dude?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. And well, it, that conversation they have about like Prince and yeah. everything, and he's like, "Oh, they're what?" I forget what he says. Like, "Oh, Prince, like he's he's more than black." And I was like, "What does that fuck mean? Does that mean <laughs> like the mental gymnastics you have to do to be like, oh, I idolize this guy, but I'm still a racist piece of shit." Yeah, and but also objectively, if you take that term and isolate it, saying someone is more than black most times is obviously yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like you're almost trying to excuse sure. them f- because of their talents. Meaning that they're they're excuse their blackness because right. they're so talented and you admire their talents so much that you're like oh they're they're not like ba- basically not black anymore. oh yeah this was their ticket yeah. like, as as if being black is a well bad yeah thing. this thing was their <laughs> right you see all the time with the athletes entertainers uh it's their ticket to white acceptance which is complete yeah. bullshit but like no but what exactly what Kurt Raven was saying that obviously they are more than just you know their blackness at the same time and i think that was like a clever way to phrase it because like that phrase just it hits so weird yeah and he's trying to use that as a justification it's like it's that double-edged kind of sort like yeah they're more than all of these things but you can't like ignore that and be like uh or sal like we're kind of jumping around but when he's talking about how he's proud to be in the neighborhood Uh like this neighborhood grew up on my pizza then put mm-hmm. a picture on the wall if you're proud to be in this neighborhood. Like yeah. that Smiley's walking around the entire movie with a stack of pictures. Well, oh, okay, but also, also, this movie wastes no time at addressing why everything is so tense and why everything kind of uh, fizzles uh, or boils well, over uh, in it, an it just, in an argument. It just, uh, it's because it's hot. It's so hot, and well, it's not. I just came to me that the heat is a fucking metaphor for the. The boiling over of racial tension. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's also the cause of it, and yeah. and also this movie is about global warming. Dang, well, Spike Lee dropping, <laughs> <laughs> dropping some science on us in '89. Stay woke. Can I? Uh, global warming I, is really to blame for I, you know the rising racial tension in <laughs> this country. So you know. I mean, have you seen how nice it's been? I don't remember a a, a march, or there probably was some, but like I just don't remember. Like it's been really nice outside. It's been really nice, which is nice. Like I I welcome it, but it's also, I mean, harbinger of the end times. Like whatever. Yeah. So I was hoping it's was gonna, fine. We gonna, had a cool run at it. I was going to talk to you guys about this pre-show. Um, hopefully, they, I was going to hope that like at some point we could all um, say like one big thing we took away 
from the film if there is one. Yeah. And I was wondering if we I got, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. But mine just came, mine just came to mind right now. So I was wondering if it's okay with you guys if I, if I did it right now. Dude, drop it. So now time for Ravens. Big takeaway. I wish I had the, the reverb. You know what? But for me, honestly, like, the one thing that really struck me throughout and after watching this movie is how nobody is portrayed as just a straight up villain. It's there's this complexity. It's like even like the people there's like Sal and his sons who have these very like racist overtones, but they they have these moments where like, Sal's talking about the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and like he's all, the moments of him embracing black people in the neighborhood, and and I feel like Spike Lee does a very like it struck me Spike Lee doing a very good job at like depicting humanity. How everyone in there does something, especially the scene when we're getting it later, where people of all races are staring at the camera, running off of litanies of racial slurs directed towards other races. I think one thing to me, the big takeaway is Spike Lee was talking about. Every, this is the human condition. Yeah, like we all can be monsters, and we can all can be generous. We all can love, but and like, but it. I thought it was very like smart of Spike Lee not to demonize. Anybody, the full thing was like, everybody here is flawed. Well, I think I think he also had to do that in 1989. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I think especially uh, what I've noticed about a lot of these, like even more modern, racially uh, centered or racial racial conflict centered uh, stories and plots, um, they kind of have to play devil's advocate in order to like, because the human experience isn't singular, you know. Yeah. So but I don't think if, if he commissioned the songs "Fight the Power," you know, Spike Lee, if he wanted to, I don't think he would have had any qualms with like having, like, basically saying like placing the blame entirely at the feet of white people in this film, where in many cases it probably should be. Well, that but, that like, brings but, me. But to him as a filmmaker, he wanted to like portray like the, the whole of the human experience. That brings me to. Uh, can I tell you the story of the right hand, left hand? Yeah. Uh, it's a tale of good and evil hate it was this this hand that Cain iced his brother love these five fingers they go straight to the soul of a man the right hand the hand of love R.I.P. Bill Nunn who played uh, Radio Raheem yeah so uh, you don't know this Jake but I'm gonna be reading uh, a few of the monologues I'm gonna can we talk about Sonny, the Korean convenience store guy? My guy is oh, spicy. Yeah. Yeah. He is spicy. It had to be. So good. That was really good. I like, like, oh. uh, what's the actor's name? I don't know. I haven't uh, seen oh, him. I think, I, mean, I think his name's Ray Park. Something Park. Steve Park. Uh, Steve Park, yeah. Especially there at the the end when like everything is like in actual flames and going to chaos, like we're the that same kind as of, you. like standoff and showdown with that. Like I think that's what makes kind of New York the like America's city and like the city of the world is because you have to have people of every different background stacked on top of each other and like button heads mistaken, with each other. That you have to find a way to get along his place and cooperate and like, even like, in the thick like of you? it. Something like that. He said, we're like you. Like, basically, we deal with the same shit as you do. 
And right. not that you can do comparative suffering because the Asian American experience and the Black American experience are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Much so. But when you have those right next to each other, then yeah. like you kind of have to figure it out. And I think that's the biggest problem that outside of like you know these big places like New York, through most of the rest of the country, you don't have that interaction of just people having to get along with each other. Like even when things are like literally burning down around you, it's like, all right. Oh, we're missing, we're missing, uh, Martin Lawrence. Uh, oh, yeah. who's also in, God, he was in it. and he's doing, he's doing like a weird lisp thing. He's no, he's in, he's in this movie. That's the thing about this movie, which is very weird is like almost every character is given the same amount of screen time. Like even the yeah. three dudes just hanging out talking shit underneath a uh Oh, they're my brother. favorite. Yeah. You got you got Sweet Dick Willie, uh a, yeah. <laughs> who gave him that name. Um that was one of my favorite interactions. Rob ever. Robin Harris. who was a a big comedian in the eighties. Um he was a uh a part of he was the, the cast one of the cast uh members in a film called Bebe Kids, which is a very low budget animation uh how do I describe it? It is it is catering more to 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 African Americans, but it's also um fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I Bebe's Kids, early nineties animation film, animated film I implore you to check it out. It is, it's not so black that you won't be able to enjoy it. It's, it's really weird though. I'm trying to get caught up on, on movies. I watched this one. So I'm going to, I'll add Bebe's kids to to the list. I just watched a total huge departure, but I'm trying to dig into studio Ghibli. Cause I haven't watched any of that. And I just ah, watched Ponyo last weekend. Ponyo's great. That was so nice. I needed something to kind of like correct after watching Do the Right Thing and the, the Chicago yeah. one, because it was just I highly like, recommend Princess Mononoke. That's next. But Ponyo, I heard, was kind of like the really light and easy. And there's like everyone. Liam Neeson, Tina Fey. And Howl's Moving yeah. Castle. Yeah, I've, I want to watch heard, all of them. But that I've was heard a, a, just lighthearted and warping. It was like, all right. I've heard a lot of people be okay. complain because when they translate Japanese to English for dubs, Sometimes because it's like either redundant or like American audiences wouldn't understand it, they they cut a lot of shit. Oh, they totally like that happens a lot of times when you translate uh, one language to another. You reform you you not reformat a lot of like the grammar and language, but a lot of like the content because a lot of I feel like I'd argue a lot of like the meaning of something is lost when it's taken out of its. Native tongue. Oh yeah, well, just like the, the, the structure of Japanese language is so different. Like it's yeah. not like it's a lot easier to go from like uh, a romance language to English because they have a lot of the same maybe ordered different, but a lot of the same like you know verbs have adverbs and nouns yeah. have the verbs that they're doing yeah. and sentences have subjects and Japanese language doesn't really have all of that. Like it's just as a structurally, it's more ambiguous. So like translating that, I feel like it's going to be yeah, it's can, more a lot like of it's going to get lost. In my experience, it's more like describing things and do with this information what you will. It's ours is like romance based languages are very hyper descriptive and very contextual and very like my experience. Oh, yeah, they're all differently contextual. But like in yeah. English, there's so many different 
offshoots of me. You can say one word and have it mean 30 different things, but yeah, but I well, feel like because... in English there's a lot of like intonations of emotion sometimes, like, like you're really Literally. setting up a narrative and with that language. This is Japanese, is like what I've experienced, even though I do not speak it and understand barely any of it. It's it's a lot, it's, it's, it's a dissemination, just a pure dissemination of information. Now, decide like, what you will. Granted, my my experience in Japanese language is very minimal because I know Japanese obviously has a wonderful way of poetry and creative literature, but the dialect, as far as everyday conversation, anyway. Um, yeah, my my relation with the Japanese language is uh, a fine film called The Wolverine, starring uh, Hugh Jackman. Hey, what? The Wolverine. Yeah, no, I heard that, but what? Starring Hugh Jackman. Where's the Japanese involved in that? There's a bunch of Japanese people in there. But speaking Japanese? Yeah, they didn't. Dog. It's an English movie, right? My Are favorite Japanese Wolverine? It's my favorite Japanese movie. My favorite Japanese seen. movie is The Last Samurai starring I'm doing Tom a Cruise. very bad joke, Jake. Oh, I don't know. I thought maybe they might have done a reshoot of it. Are there any Japanese people in the Wolverine? Yeah, no, no, there's actually a lot of Japanese people. Isn't there a narrative of fucking Wolverine being a samurai at some point? Uh, in the comic books, yes. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. And also, like, I just said it, I'm bringing it up. Every you tell me, you tell me if this person is Japanese. Tao Okamoto. Yes. Rila Fukushima. 100%. Uh, Hiroyuki yes. Sonata. Yes. Is oh, this, the this guy is not Japanese. Uh, his name is Will Yoon Lee. He's definitely Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so can I tell you guys, can I tell you guys a fucking a hack? When it comes to distinguishing whether a name is Japanese or not, because I can't speak What's for all. Heck? This this me growing up is someone who's Japanese. I don't know why my aunt and my mom felt it was important that I know this little trick, but uh-huh. <laughs> you can tell it's of a Japanese name if it's multi-syllables. Okay. Uh, Akamoto. Uh, my family's last name, uh, Nakao or Hirano. A lot of uh, Korean um, or Chinese last names will be last names Kim, Chi, Lee. Sink boom, mono symbolic, slam, right? Are we ready? Yeah, no, are we ready for LeBron James Space Jam? Let's hope that ankle injury. No, we cannot keep drifting farther away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna. So, what I was gonna say is, is um, so tensions are high, and so I think, I think Sal is a very understanding person, and the way he comes off as, as I think. I feel like he's very he's like one of the most conflicted people in there. No, he's the like the least like what do you mean conflicted? Like Because like his son is obviously very raised well and then his brother is also very but like I feel like No Sal, like, Vito Vito is like the No the, Vito is pretty chill. He's the he's like he's like John Totoro's character? No 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 That's Vito Gino. That's Gino. Pino Pino Pino, Pino. It's Pino 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 one is, of those. He's because I, I, I got I the I got the impression in the movie that like Sal was like there was this like a split. He was being pulled towards Mookie's, like like um, argument, and also like he's been his while well, his son Gino, uh, Pino is in his other ear, and I thought I I saw a lot of split of Sal in between this, like trying to like no no I think I think Sal just wants to do what's right and Let's do the right right thing, and the circumstance doesn't necessarily allow him, and like because I don't think Sal is like racist at all and i think in fact like like he says he says he says that he 
like this community has been brought up on my pizza. Like he's proud but, of that. Right. And he's proud and supporting those people. But with the thing that I was going to say is I think with reason and without the, the, the through line that the heat is making everybody a little on edge. I think if you came to him in in a more respectful, you know, like businessman kind of way about the fucking people on the wall, I'm sure he wouldn't mind throwing people up there. You know what I mean? Because he seems like a reasonable guy. And also, bugging out is a fucking kook. Yeah. And also, like for- bugging out, bugging out had no business like freaking out about totally. the about but the I- shit. That's that's where I have a problem with Sal, and I think that's the the biggest point. And I think that's kind of the, like a lot of the same problem that you know is around the country now. That you don't get to be proud to be part of this community, proud that you've you know these people that are coming into your shop and you've eating your pizza and have this sort of pride, but then be standoffish about like yeah, bugging out with being a unreasonable for sure completely being a maniac but But it shouldn't take bugging out freaking out to be like i'm proud of this community i'm Uh going to put smiley's walking around with pictures the entire time you know that's not the first day he's walking around i think i think it could be pointed out photos he could have been like hey i'll take one one photo on the wall none of it would have happened like it wouldn't if you can't you can't say that you're proud to be you know feeding this community your pizza and not show it in some way like he shouldn't have to have been like you know bludgeoned into it but i think i think that it it could be said that the italian american experience is just as much part of new york story it is like a black american experience and like he said like he didn't say like i don't want to have any black faces he no one he ever won, enslaves he only, the Italian people. No one he, forced Italians from Italy but, on boats but and chains Ita- and made them saying, build the country out of cotton. What I'm saying is, this is an Italian man's. This they is were a, yeah. There's racism. This is an Italian man's restaurant. This is an Italian man's restaurant. It's what? This is an Italian man's restaurant. And if he, I think his whole thing was his, his wall in his restaurant was specifically designed to the to showcase Italian Americans who have made it in New York. And it's not, he wasn't actively against putting black people. He said, but this wall is for Italian Americans. Yeah. It, in a black neighborhood that's providing. But it wasn't always. It wasn't. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. At that, that he's point, proud of, though. At that point, at that point, I think his response is just the transference of energy that happens, especially when you have the, the fucking caveat that everybody's on edge because it's so fucking hot outside. Right. Totally. And, and then bugging out, you know, he, I think Sal is just reacting and he's like, he's yeah. like, I'm Italian American, Italian American people on the wall. You know, he's just he basically just wants him to shut up because he's like, dude, I don't have time to deal with your shit. Like, right. I, I don't want to I'm not going to I'm not going to excuse all of Sal's behavior. You know what I'm saying? Through that lens. But I also don't think that he is entirely like every other character except for Mr. Senor Love Daddy. He can do no wrong. Can't do it. Um, he's perfect. <laughs> he is perfect. Senor Love Daddy. Every he's he's perfect. Also, <laughs> fucking slamming a chicken parm sandwich in the middle of a fucking hot day, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, As a person who used to eat chicken parm sandwiches a lot, it was actually one of my favorite things to eat. 
you that's so good you need a you need a you need some time to like he's lucky that his job was just oh, to sit wow, down mid broadcast <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was by design like can I, but if i can i want to a calculating uh, man senor love daddy if i can i want i want to back it up for a second back to uh sal's uh wall and mm-hmm. and to see what you guys think about this i think an idea that comes to mind for me right now is like you can't do comparative suffering, suffering, but uh, but Italian Americans arguably, their story coming here was not as bad as as, as black people. But there was no enslaved, but there was they. I feel like his the purpose of his wall was to show people who immigrated and then where that went to. And to me, like, and this really got illustrated by the what you said, Jake, about like you're being say you're proud of this neighborhood, but yeah, you have no um, black faces on this wall. It made me think like. If his intention of having this Italian restaurant and having this wall of Italian people was to showcase his pride and the heritage of families that immigrated from Italy, not always in, under the best conditions and not always in the best conditions setting up. And if someone comes and says to you and says, like, yeah, so you have pride in this wall and, and these people, but you can't have pride in this neighborhood unless you also adjust your pride wall, I guess it's a weird way. And exactly, just, but I feel like that's a tough spot to put someone in, because yeah. his whole thing was like, because he's an Italian person, that's what he identified with. It's his restaurant, like, and for yeah, someone and to say like, no, you're, you're garbage unless you do this, but still, because of the people in the neighborhood, and it's not a big. But but so, do, do you think it's okay to ask? Do you think it's to say like this? This is a wall of like inspiration, like things that like, of your people, of his people who've came here and and succeeded, to say no, you have to put, you have to adjust that. Or I, if okay. you you don't get to say you're proud that your pizza has fed this neighborhood and then not also display it like you can't why have can, and then why 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 are there other ways to display it other than adjusting that wall why does that have to be the way if that's something so personally close to him that's such an easy fix like but you but had to put one he fix. wasn't it's saying easy. take the whole wall down but it's easy he's saying why isn't there it is an easy fix one that picture up person but it's not there are plenty of people that would showcase that but what i'm saying is like if this wall is so like morally important to him then it's not that easy for him just to put a face up there because then, then that would why is that, that, that would, wall would, more that would be fair to him or radio rahim's life because if he if he that's the problem Jake, if you were to just put up a picture of a black person just to fucking satisfy people, not any. that wouldn't be respectful uh, to Smiley's him. walking around with a stack of photos of Dr. King and Malcolm X, just giving them out regardless to people. He of who it was. put one in the restaurant. Regardless of who, if he did that, would have been happy. If you did that just to it, appease people, simple. if you did that just to appease people, that wouldn't be respectful. It wouldn't be. It would be or, showing or pride anyone. in the neighborhood that's making him a successful pizza restaurant. That's letting him be a successful Italian American. But in, in New the York context of the movie, of the people who are eating his pizza that he admits himself to being proud of. But exactly. in the context of the movie, he would have just done it because people were boycotting him. No, but he said it. He said it himself that he's proud of it. Like bugging out is is totally bugging out, and he yeah. comes at it the wrong way, completely. How about but, the, the, who steps on who steps in, on on his shoe? Was it Smiley or was it one of the the three kids that? It was that, one of the the, the guys. Three, one of the three kids that Martin Wearing Lawrence the Larry Bird. Oh yeah, jersey or fucking Celtics jersey or whatever. Yeah, yeah, my guy, fucking Larry Bird. Riding a bicycle, right? Um, what was that? We're, yeah, because we need to move off this wall thing. Um, uh, so I have a question. 
Is anybody else have to work today other than uh, Mr. Senor Love Daddy, Sal, <laughs> Pino and Vito, and Mookie? Oh, and then Sonny and Kim at the convenience store across the street. We seem to be the only people that have to work today. Nobody Everyone else, else is working. Yeah. Also, or they don't have jobs. Can we talk about the, the gang of Puerto Ricans? Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> Where they have the boombox battle. That's so good. Yeah, that's like some New York stuff, though. Like, I think oh, it absolutely. shows a good, a good way of being able to, like, you know, different cultures having pride of, you know, where they're from and what they're about. And they have this, like, showdown in the street. But then they can see, it's like, all right, your boombox is louder. And that's fine. They coexist. Like, that conflict, it happens and it disperses and it I ends was, there. I was going to read the... the um the uh puerto rican dude's like like racist rant that he does but it, it's asian centered so i'm just not gonna no. <laughs> i'm just not gonna do no it's not this is not the time to be doing that one yeah it's gonna say definitely not like it don't if it, it, it's it's not a my, for my part everybody i would be fine with it but the time we're in right now no I and i just it, there's no need for that and i think that's the the biggest thing like the whole force around the movie is doing the right thing and Whoa. whether if it's a small sacrifice for sal just to go back to the the wall thing he's not having to close his restaurant it's a small small gesture of appreciation that he admits himself he has a lot of pride that this pizza he's been around he's watched these kids grow up he's watched these people he loves mookie's uh sister madly in love with joey joey lee she plays yeah. jade and I think Did you can't have that, that affection for the community and then hide it. From Mookie's sister, like it almost seemed like he was like, "How about how about mother sister though?" No, can we, can we, can we Did anyone else find a weird how like in the Mookie sister Sal was? No, that's what I'm saying. It, that's what I'm saying is I don't think Sal is 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 one way or the other on like the bigotry scale. Like he's just a flawed guy in New York. Like he's not a hero. He's not a villain. He's and just I think that's Sal. what Spike Lee. I think that's really like, we, like what you're saying, Raven. But I think he, I think he genuinely cares about people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or else he wouldn't keep doing what he was doing. Yeah. He could just move his shit to Bay Ridge or wherever the fuck they live. Right. You know? Um. Has, so Mookie mother goes, sister though. Uh, mother sister Ruby D is great. Yeah. But I love kind of a kind of a. But we can't talk. Too. We can't talk about mother sister. Oh, yeah. Without talking about the mayor. The mayor. Yeah, so, the mayor. so Mookie goes and delivers the the chicken palm to uh to Mr. Senor Love Daddy. Meanwhile, there's like uh what's his name uh another Italian dude driving in a in a vintage car. Yep, and then they spray him. They spray him with the thing with the the awesome. fire hydrant. And the cops tell him just to fucking eat dust. Yeah, yeah. which the cop the, the 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 really aggressive cop is Danny Aiello's brother. Rick what? Aiello, Frank Vincent is the is the dude who gets gets uh, sprayed on. Um, but then, oh, the mayor says this which great thing a, which, when the cops in terms of being sprayed on is relatively light way of it happening. Oh yeah, no, they soaked, dude. <laughs> yeah, he had a cup. That guy was being an unnecessary dick. He's being a fucking asshole. Yeah, um, and he just got his car a little wet, like. Okay. On a hot day, like people are just hanging out trying to cool off. So like, before then, right, Mookie is walking down the street, and the mayor 
sitting on his steps, stops him, right? And without context, he says to him, always do the right thing. And Mookie's like, it's like, all right, always do the right thing. Whatever. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> what, what's the way that the, there's a really unique way if I remember that the mayor addresses people? Like starting off, he says, like, listen, I hear this. Yeah, yeah. something like that. But then, um, so the cops, so he's sitting there on the stoop while while this dude gets sprayed with the hydrant. So the cops, they ask, they ask the mayor, to, like, did you see anything? And he says, those that'll tell don't know, and those that know won't tell. <laughs> and, and, and so good. And my guy, my guy, the Italian dude. I'm just gonna. What's his name? Frank Vincent. Why do I keep forgetting that? It's forgettable. Frank. He's a forgettable. Oh, he's guy. like he's like he's like in the Sopranos and shit like that, and like he's in a lot of the your classic fucking. Yeah, I don't mean the actor. I meant just the character in the movie. Like he he's a forgettable jerk. The character, the, the actual act, guy. The actors always story. always in in these Dago Wop. Guinea garlic breath, pizza slinging, spaghetti bending, Vic Damone, Perry Como, Luciano Pavarotti, Sole Mio, non singing motherfucking movies. That was Mookie's. That was Mookie's rant. That was awesome. Also, but I mean, I, I think that's what's so like you could go a whole thing about all of those different racial slurs like you were talking about, but it shows a familiarity and an intimacy with the culture that you're trying to put down because all of those things are very specific uh -huh. that not just like you are deeply ingrained in Italian culture to know all that because you're on top of it. You have to know each other to yeah. have that kind of intense yeah. hatred for each other. Honestly, because I feel like hot. we could do a it whole pushes it that way. We could do, I mean, Except for the, the, the this is a food based podcast, we could do a whole episode solely on the fucking racist slur montage. Because yeah. Spike Lee was sending a message with that though, because you had people of every skin tone and race in that being hateful. Well, also because it's, it's hot. Well, also yeah. like uh, in in the the and the also cinematography racism. and in the way that the shots are done, you know it it. it I don't know technical terms as far as film, uh, cinematography and filming, but it all, they all, the camera kind of zooms in from below and into these people's faces as they're giving these, these little short monologues. And obviously at this, this point, of, <laughs> this point of the movie, um, at that point of the movie, that's when things are getting ready to like hit the fucking ceiling. And I think totally. I, I think I think that what he was also getting across with that is even though racism has obviously disproportionately affected um, certain people in this country, black people, Latino people, Asian people, uh, people of color, brown and black people, uh, that nobody's immune to it though. Yeah. Everybody like the culture like some of the most racist people towards Asian I know I know this is not popular to say right now but being an Asian person some of those racist people towards other. Uh, Asian people are p Asian people, like, mm. like, and yeah, and also totally. like, and there's like, you know, I'm trying to find a, a good way to say this now that I've started rolling. Uh, 
white people have the most power with racism in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, they just have, the most power. The most power. Yes. And, and sadly, I think that's they choose the, to exercise the problem. It's just like the, racism. The, the two fists. That's the racism is the, the love and hate. And that's, they're so specific. Uh-huh. It comes from familiarity. Like, you know, these people, these people are your neighbors. They're your shopkeepers across the street. They're the people you rumble with on the street over the boom box. But when it's hot, it comes out in a different way and those tensions mount, but it's not like the same sort of like, you know, clan white power sort of racism. It's just like, you know, how white supremacy kind of thing. This is just a racism of people being stacked on top of each other and knowing each other intimately and having differences. And it can express in that, that love and hate thing, but love is the one that is going to fix it. Yeah. I think, I think as people who, I, I mean, us three, I think as people like being that this is a self-contained story taking place entirely on a single city block. Um, I think we can attest to living in sort of sort of a microcosm or a microclimate of of people just having to be around each other all the time. Yeah. Being that we used to live on a tiny island yeah. in yeah, the middle tiny. of nowhere. Yeah. And I think we've seen, you know, whether 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 it was the weather, ah. yeah, winter gets dark, and then you're sick of everyone. <laughs> that's the wrong one. Why did I never get it this one right? <laughs> this it's better video. that way. Um, I think we can attest to to you know, it may have not have been like hot days, but like. At a cold winters. At a certain yeah. point, at a certain point, like tensions would be pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And it and wasn't that's like just part of a community and yeah. how you deal with that. And there's you need a different outlet for it. And I think that's what this movie does a cool job of is that if you don't find an outlet and find a way to express that, like the the boombox battle yeah. is a healthy way to to deal with that. Like there's like we're just gonna play music at each other. We're gonna have an exchange, but no one gets hurt. No one dies. They walk away and it's fine. It's like, well, you have your music. You have your music. And I was like, all right, cool. See you tomorrow. We'll do it again. I, and it's. I think something that's really funny that is that has come out of. And and I think Mimic, you know, well, I don't think this, but it is said that mimicry is the, the highest form of admiration. And yeah, put those babies back on. What did you Oof. think you were doing? Now we're back. Um. There's, there's, that's nice. I I know for sure, and I and I'll look this up a little bit more, but there's like TV shows that or like sketch comedy shows that have like done episodes or sketches where where they use the premise of like I know Children's Hospital if Rob Corddry, the Adult Swim, oh yeah, that's a weird Ma- one, Malin Arkman, uh. Let's see how many people I can name. It, Rob uh, Hubel. Alan Rockman, are you talking about um, Ken Marino. Uh, Lake Bell. Jesus Christ. You, I've never seen an episode <laughs> of this. Yet. Really I've never either. I know of it, but I'm, and I've seen Why do I know all these like people's when I forget, names? When I forget to change the channel from watching that last episode of what um, used to be Good Family Guy. They do, they do an episode where it's basically... Uh, do the right thing but in the hospital and nice. like i think like the air conditioner is is broken uh, yeah well uh, uh what's his name michael sarah is also 
also in that show. He just does the the announcements. Also, <laughs> which one one episode he goes? We're getting so far off track. One episode yeah. he goes. He's go. He goes. Goes attention staff. I'm easy, easy like Sunday morning. That is all. I heard Michael Sarah is an absolute fucking monster to be on set with. He's like a fucking asshole. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Most actors are though, dude. They're Except weird Tom people. Hardy. Tom Hardy, he's our sweet man. He will hold you gently. Hey, not that Ozzy Davis. And I've heard Samuel Jackson is a fucking blast. Yeah, I'm willing I mean, to bet. I'm willing to bet everybody in this movie had so much fun making it. Except for Rosie Perez with her fucking tennis elbow. I still think she had a good time. Yeah. Like other than the physical injuries. I mean, she also, she got a little, little ice rub down. I love Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. That was, do you, do you you remember this? Like there's a, Hey, I love Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah. We we get it. We know. We get it. No one's, no one doubted. We already knew that coming into this. I think so did everyone listening. Okay. All all three of our moms. I'm sorry. I I worked up. I'm sorry. We need, we need a little like, like, like sexy music, like ooh la la, uh, music to play. Ooh la la, ooh yeah, wee. for the the icy rubdown. For the icy rubdown, uh, Raven's infatuation with with Tom Hardy's mouth. Yep. Not his mouth; it's just the, his whole presence. <laughs> the, oh, it's the whole package. Good, Don't objectify him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've I've heard people talk about Tom Hardy, and for some reason they're always talking about his mouth. And it's like it's just like pouty lips. Someone the other day at work said Tom Hardy's like I don't find him handsome, and I almost turned around and said, "You can go fuck yourself right now." <laughs> that's fair. I I think that you should throw hands over that because that person's out of their mind. Yeah. <laughs> The one. <laughs> instead, what better, I said, we're, we're getting better at doing this. I don't know if you can tell. Did you label them as your guys, or you just figured it out? No, I just remembered what they where they were. Nice. I think what I said instead was something more along like, "You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> you were being the right. That person. Is, you're a bad person, and you're doing dumb right now. And they should feel bad. That was yeah. ridiculous. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, in the middle of the movie, there's you're there's, making the trees sad. There's just montage of people taking <laughs> cold showers. Uh, Rosie Perez like dunks her head in some ice water to later just be rubbed down with some ice by by my guy Mookie. I mean the whole uh, whole you get, subplot you get, of the movie. You get a little nip. Yeah, I was gonna say a whole subplot of the movie is Spike Lee seeing how hard he can make Rosie Perez's nipples. I'm sorry, but he's trying to get her cold. <laughs> it's fucking possible. Yeah. Stress her out at any second. Not the well. Okay, so uh, everybody it, throughout the movie, there's all these like personal relationships that kind of need some mending, like uh, Pino and his and his brother Vito. Like they mm-hmm. end up kissing and making up. Uh, Tina and Mookie are kind of like at odds, you know, and they kind of rectify that. Her and her mom kind of chill out on on the fighting. Tina and her mom kind of end up chilling out on the fighting uh not, let's not forget mother sister and the mayor finally get yes. together <laughs> that was that's so nice also before you said you're talking about infallible characters um other than sir mr uh, mr mr senor love daddy 
I think the mayor. I'm is getting also, that tattooed on my neck. Other, other, <laughs> yeah. Other than all, other than all the, all, other than all the dispersion people cast upon him, I would also say the mayor is also a pretty infallible character. Yeah, yeah. It, he's also kind of like. He's the he's the 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 town drunk. He's just like kind of yeah. like a silly 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 boy. But also just like a really allegorical piece because he just walks around saying all these like strangely fortuitous pieces of advice. Yeah. Just the, like um uh almost like uh shamanistic. Yeah. He's the magic right. black man. But they but they in the movie it's based around black people. Too. And then mother like, mother sister's just like everybody's uh TT, you know, just like, like is it I forget who when was it bugging out who goes and finally like unloads on him and like they have an exchange where you, the, you take the mayor out of just being like this kind of goofball oh town drunk character and then like you get some real stuff from him. It's like yeah like he like was trying to like take care of his family and yeah. couldn't do anything and that like you, you know why the mayor is you know walking around story. drunk every day and it's yeah. like oh like well because wasn't it I don't think it life. was. I don't think it was bugging out. I think it was. Uh, uh, it might not have been one of one of the three. The three. They, you know who they remind me of as as the movie movie characters is like Martin Lawrence and his like group of group of kids that he hangs out with. They're mm-hmm. like the the fucking uh, what you call it's from a nightmare, a nightmare before Christmas. What are what are their names? Oh, let's go down stern shit up. Oh yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh huh. Let me look them up. Um, the or uh, what's uh, his uh, name? In the meantime, in the meantime, a better, a better example are like the hockey kids from Dogma. Hockey kids? The yeah, they're dog, like demons. The, the demons who was walk. Like Jason Lee is like is like the head, like the demon. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the three hyenas from Lion King. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. There's That's there's the there's always a group of characters like that within a film, especially a film like this, what kind of toes the line between comedy and drama. Yeah. Um they got really dumb names. Oh, there's Locke. It's played by Paul Rubens, no surprise there. Barrel. Stop. Where's the other one? Is it Shock? Paul Rubens, like Kobe Herman. Yeah, no surprise that like Tim Burton fucking loves Paul. What are you talking about the ones and and do the right thing? I was like, no, nah, I don't think Paul Rubens is do the no, right no, thing. No, 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 no. I was looking up. Maybe the, you missed it. So it's it's uh right. Martin Lawrence plays Stuck C, uh Steve White plays Ahmad, Krista Rivers play uh, plays Ella, and then where's that one dude that I've never seen again in anything? Seen Steve White and stuff. Be right back. I don't know who Steve White is. You gonna take a little poopy? No. You've seen him. He's one of the less <laughs> memorable. What are you doing? Look, Raven, we're almost there. Go, go take a little poopy. I don't have to go poop. Oh, go take a little pee pee. Why do you always think I have to go poop? I don't know. It's funnier. <laughs> it is. <laughs> hey, let's say it. Poop's hilarious. It is. It's just easy, easy comedy every time. Poops and farts. And sometimes it's hard though. Sometimes it's hard for people. So it's it's still funny. But if your poops sound like this, it's almost funnier. Oh wait, the wrong one. Nice. Oh, poops shouldn't sound like that. That's or not good. This. 
get that checked out. Or that. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Um, what else? I I think we we pretty much just gotta talk about the. Yeah, we gotta get the the big finish. The big the big. But we can wait. The big until, payback. Until Raven finishes pooping. Um, how you been, dude? Oh, you know. Yeah. Working. I got vaccinated I, I, on Monday. Are you what? I got vaccinated on Monday. I got my first one uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, I got. I my, get the, yeah, I, got my I get part one. two. The eighth. How do you? How do Always. you qualify? Uh, Vashon, like working out at the Ruby Brink, since they're just like everyone's old out there. They oh, extra. I forgot you were doing it. How's that? Oh, that's all right. It's just you know, real Mister Mister Miyagi, wax on, wax off. Zen line cooking kind of stuff. I just take take broth and move it from a big container to a small container to a big container. Uh, I get it hot and then I get it cold and then I get it hot again. It's just 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 moving stuff from different sized containers. Take it from a big hotel pan, put it small hotel pan, put it in a to go container. Huh? I thought you. It's, uh, it's, are, are it's they fine. are they still butchering over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that they have a different. Like it's kind of set up into three sections. They've got like their grocery stuff that they're doing now, and then they have their butcher shop, and they kind of do their own thing. And then the the kitchen, and they're just doing like meat noodles and kind of setting stuff. So I just put meat noodle stuff into go containers. They're gonna open a patio soon. Where are you working at? Jim? And so uh, the Ruby Brink on Bashan. Oh, nice. But it's pretty cool. They're gonna open the patio and start like doing more stuff. So I'm gonna try to. I'm hoping by May How far quit commute? doing the culinary school shit and go work three or four days a week over there and then have the rest of my time to do my own school and then maybe like help Brian out with stuff or whatever. How's your own school? Yeah, I've been going to school. Yeah, how's that? Uh, good. I got uh, just finished calculus and Java class. And what are you going for? Back and I did good. So we wrote, I got to show you, we wrote a little... We had a team project and we uh, wrote uh, a sandwich ordering program where you kind of like type in what you want on your sandwich and it spits out a score based on what you put on. I put in some secret little Easter eggs. Like if you modify and you order a chopped cheese, it gives you like a score of like 5,000. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, who's made this? <laughs> what are you going to school for, Juice? What? What are you going to school for? Uh, I want to be a scientist eventually. What's your, so major? I'm trying to get What's your my, major? I'm just taking like prereqs at Tacoma Community College. Nice. So I can eventually try to go get like an astronomy degree in a couple of years. Oh, uh, I also I have an all, astrology? Like, humanities. Astronomy. An astronomy. Astronomy. Astrology is horoscopes. Astrology degree? <laughs> oh, okay. Now he's just going to keep saying. Speaking of Trigger. school, I also. <laughs> speaking of school, I, I have big news. Uh, yeah, tell talk us. about personal stuff, but uh, my partner for the listeners. Uh, Ursi got into grad school. I saw that. Yeah, fucking claps, claps, and, and snaps. Yeah, she was That's so cool. Up. We were actually at the Nordstrom rack, and I was waiting for her to get done buying her, buying her bras and checkout line. And all of a sudden, she like drops her shit, turns around to me. She's like, "I just got in the fucking grad school." And she starts nice. like yelling, and the person in the counter was like, "What just happened?" She's like, "I got in the grad school," and the person in the counter started yelling. Then I started yelling. <laughs> what a nice moment. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I, That's what's up. I I got 
an, an electric moped. Yeah, you fucking did. <laughs> Wait, what? No, you 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 got it. You got, it's did you get coming, the one you were looking next at next Monday. Yeah. Yeah, next Monday. Nice. I'm gonna be zip zip zip. You get a, you guys gotta zip on down here to Tacoma on mopeds. Um, I'm gonna ride on the back of his. Yeah. yeah. Real classy. Awesome. Bike. I dig it. Um. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, ultimately, the mission is to get a car, but you know, for the for the time being. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Especially when you're living in the city, like you don't actually like need one. Yeah, I mean, the city's not built very conveniently, so it's kind of lots of water in the city. There's something about all this water. It is wet. <laughs> the hills it's too. Something it's about all this wet. ocean and all this fucking lake. It's wet. Wet. Did city. not plan that. <laughs> it is juicy. Get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Try that out. And I thought Portland was juicy. Hey, if you look at Seattle from a map, true. it's basically a fucking archipelago. Wow. It is. Was... Dang. Isn't it archipelago? A series of islands. Series of islands, like the Philippines. Yeah. Or or um, Hawaii. Or Japan. Japan. Oh oh uh uh. The moon. No, those like Virgin Islands <laughs> and shit like that. Oh yeah, not the moon. Haiti. Haiti's just one island. That was like this few no No, it's just it's split in half. So you got the the. Republica Dominicana. It's insane to me how that's so culturally different between those two. That is the... Like, I didn't say it fast like a Dominican person would, but I put the most Dominican accent on saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on a slightly tangential note, I think... What do you think? uh, Statehood for, for Puerto Rico with all this D.C. stuff? I've heard people mention it. I think it's time. Um, of course, it's fucking time. Whether they're gonna do it. Well, they can't financially take care of themselves, so it, well, like they just got like, wiped out by a huge hurricane. Yep, again. and are just being exploited by the U.S. government. Yep. So I think I, th- I feel like the whole state. thing is like it doesn't matter like these regular whether you can not financially support yourself. But like I feel like there's these places like Puerto Rico, American Samoa, in the such where like in Guam, we fucking took you over, fucking stole your national identity. Then they should make you a fucking state, right? Also, the best argument I've heard for it so far is if you get um, DC, Guam, and Puerto Rico, that brings us up to fifty-three states, which is a prime number. And then we really could be one nation, indivisible. <laughs> and we're leaving American Samoa. How long, how long have you been working on that? <laughs> I stole it from the internet. I'm not that clever. <laughs> Totally, totally sold out from the internet, but it's so good. Mm. Straight fire. Okay, so um, now we're in our post show talk. No, 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 no. Uh, we haven't hit the. We gotta go. We gotta go through the the crescendo at least. Um, so uh, everybody, everybody's getting sexy, trying to cool down. Uh, then why they getting sexy? You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, (laughs) and then, and then then bugging out. Uh, bugs. The fuck out! Oh wait, I'm forgetting. Sal, Sal the movie goes from zero to a hundred pretty quickly. Uh, so quickly. 
Also, I, yeah, I just, all of like I just the, wanted the, to say the sexy I, and the the reconciliation, like it's a head fake. Like it, you, you're rising, rising, uh-huh. rising temperature. You think everything like, is gonna be chill? There's everything's gonna be okay. People are cooling down. Relationships Fucking, are mending. So then, uh, Radio Rahim, you know, as he does, is still playing his music. Fight the power. Oh wait, no, bugging out recruits Radio Rahim <laughs> to go. Fuck up Sal's pizzeria, and he's playing the music. He won't turn it off. Sal beats the the, the, the bat. with the bat. Um, Isn't he also just let out a litany of like slurs while he's doing it? I don't think so. That remember that one? See, that's that's why that's why that's why I always thought Sal was kind of a redeemable character, is because he never like he. He gets upset and he reacts to like the shit that's happening to him, but he never turns full blown racist. N word, N word, this, N word, yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. kind of like you can tell he still kind of cares about people, but he's like trying to just fucking get by. You know what I mean? He's this trying to close down. Like I like all of us know working so at a restaurant hot. when you have a table come in five minutes before you close, <laughs> and then they're gonna be obnoxious. Like. That sucks. So like, he smashes the I, thing. Um, cops. Uh, death. Radio Rahim. R.I.P. Bill Nunn. Uh, and then Mookie does something that I remember the first time me seeing this movie. And I was pretty young. And I remember being like, wait, why are you doing that, Mookie? And it's like, it's like it's always the fucking trash can. No, no, no. It goes back to the thing earlier when the mayor says to him, "Always do the right thing." And he's like, he had to, he had to offset the shit that was happening. And it's like one of the most shocking and like left turns from a character in in a movie or in a plot. And uh. And then uh, he gets his money, <laughs> and the movie kind of just ends. Yeah, that's the the best. Like after all of that, after the window gets smashed and place starts getting burned out, and everything's just really exploding in so many ways. So then, picture goes up on the wall finally, which could have avoided the whole problem. But like that yeah. aftermath scene when he goes back to talk to Sal. And Sal's just like pissed and throwing money at him. And like that interaction just again kind of shows like the difference. Like Sal is flawed, but again, I think like a little redeemable, but Mookie still does the right thing. And he's like, comes back and he's like, yeah, I'll come back to work and mm-hmm. keep rebuilding and, and moving forward. And I don't know the way it wraps up. But do that, but isn't Mookie the one who threw the trash can initially anyway? Yeah. So because his friend just got killed. Yeah. Because Brady Wright yeah. got killed. To which, to which I want to say, like, so, so, like, most climaxes or like third acts in storytelling, it's usually a cleansing of what the problem was the entire film, right? Whether that be an antagonist or like some kind of illness or just the conflict is 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 cleansed in a way you know what i mean and if you really wanted to think about it like obviously it's it's about like just police brutality in general 
were people that into Radio Raheem? Like, Radio Raheem was kind of a fucking bully. You know what I'm saying? But he was also one of theirs. But he had the love-hate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what made him like if he did No, no, have no. That. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not justifying police brutality or someone dying at all, but like in that vein of certain things being cleansed in in a third act. I, I think we all know. Do I need to further? I feel. I feel. Like I feel. Maybe. Maybe it needed to. Like. I, maybe it all needed to happen for everybody to kind of come out the other side a little more chill and not so fucking rigid. I feel and that as angry. A, I feel that is in all works of art, as we've learned very, uh, very clearly in dissect another great podcast. That I don't think that there's anything in there happens on accident. So I feel like maybe uh, Spike thought that like Raheem wasn't the most like um, friendly character. He wasn't like someone like that everybody loved and gathered around. But still, He's kind of a bully. He dude. was. <laughs> he was still part of their folk. He was. He was yeah, their community. Yeah. No. 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 It's like it's like we all have friends. And it was just as heartbreaking for them. We all have friends that were kind of like, like, or people who are even who aren't even friends. But if we see that they die and it's something that's unjust, and also their death also like reflects back not on your community as like you know a culture, but literally the block. Yeah. This whole movie and ostensibly a lot of their lives takes place in. Then yeah, they're gonna be fucking upset. Yeah. No. 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 I'm not. But saying I'm I think Spike did that intentionally. Like he chose yeah. the character. Like, like, like we were saying, like we've been saying this whole time is that is that every character is neither hero nor villain they're all kind of in between and and that's something i didn't understand when i was a kid and i saw this and that's why it 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 took me for such a loop when mookie is the one because it could have easily been bugging out that through the trash can through the window it wouldn't have meant as much it wouldn't have meant as much and it wouldn't have shown what the movie is about is that everybody is kind of uh no one person is is perfect or or good or right know. and i i see what you're saying about radio rahim and that he's very much an instigator and like literally walking around the whole movie blaring fight the power and it's aggressive and he's kind of like drowning out everyone else uh-huh. in the city and it gets maybe a little overwhelming for people. But I think that's what makes the movie so smart is that it kind of catches a lot of that spirit of the civil rights movement. It's like, this is aggressive. It's in your face. And people are kind of tired of seeing it. But when it's silenced, the absence of it gets so much more chilling. And then you think like, oh, what was he really after? And then that's like the, the picture going up on the wall. And when you don't see that, like, because you feel all this tension building and building and building. And then I like, got the end, like, I was like, yeah, burn cells place down. Like, it's not that hard to put a picture up. And then that last shot, it shows you like that quote from Martin Luther King and saying like, love is the way you fix it. Like antagonizing mm-hmm. the oppressor is just going to make things worse. And it just kind of exactly. makes you do this whole 180 on everything you just felt. And it's like, you don't feel vindicated. You feel like, oh, shit. All yeah. of this was wrong. This doesn't have to ha- be this way. This isn't going to fix anything. And I remember it just, the feeling it I had, you, honestly, it leaves you in a lurch, which I think makes the movie so smart. 
when it ended, yeah. I had a feeling of like my stomach dropping for a second. Yeah. Like, but like you feel like, oh yeah, like good, like, you know, you're, you're kind of rooting for the riot. Like, and, and then when you like, see the quote at the end, yeah. he calls you out on it. He's like, no, that's that's wrong. Even if it's justified or whatever, if it feels good at the time, that's not how we move forward as people. And it's like, oh. And then at the same time, he follows it up with the Malcolm quote and saying all of that, like, at what point is it just self-defense? And it just, it leaves you questioning because it's there's no one right yeah. answer. There's no one hero. There's no one villain. It's like, this is complicated, complex and then, and then he, shit that we all have to deal with. And you deal with it by dealing with it, not yeah. by silencing it or bugging out or anything. Like, you have to talk and deal with it, and it's going to be messy. So it's conversation that's going to do it. Well, right. I, I think it's more than just conversation. I think it's it's sharing. It's, it starts the conversation. Yeah, it's sharing. Yeah, but I, I, my my takeaway from from this film, um, although I've I've seen it so many times, um, is that there's this, and in a lot of Spike Lee films, that he does this thing, and I and I'm gonna compare him to Tim Burton, where Tim Burton does this all the time in his films spike lee is like just these tiny moments you know like the arguing between uh mother sister and the mayor there's like this there's like this fantastical whimsy without it being like supernatural it's like it 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 exists in this world and it's things that people do on a day-to-day basis and it's shit that i grew up with living in and growing up in Brooklyn of like saying hi to the guy that fucking uh works the the counter at the bodega and shit like that like you know like is but I feel like it's something that people don't focus on on a day-to-day basis you know what I'm saying or like it's not something that people retain in their heads and I don't think it's something that that Spike Lee as a person like projects in his own persona so much because he's usually got like a fucking chip on his shoulder about something like a a, a good chip not like yeah. not like a yeah. anti-masker maga chip you know what Anti-vaccine i'm saying vaccine fu- or fucking vaccine chip <laughs> my my wi-fi speed has just been flying since round one it's nice i've also i've also been, i've also had the first round of vaccine now for about I don't know, five hours, always trying to see a little bit of robot power. Nice. I, I, so, so I was, my dick's glowing. I was lifting something the, uh, yesterday. (laughs) I was lifting something yesterday and it went through the apartment. I, oh, I, I was there. We have oh, they got one of those cool solar tubes, though. <laughs> a bunch of natural light. I was lifting, a, it was a glass, and now there's just a circular hole in the ceiling. Nice. Um, <laughs> super strength. But uh it's some cool mutant powers. But uh, that was the, the But the only problem is now his next man name is Glasshole. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, Bravo. Okay, okay, so um I That's that's strong. <laughs> that is it's great. Um uh, uh, my uh <laughs> did you just tip nice. your hat? I did. did you just about the man. The man tips his hat a lot, <laughs> and 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 do the right thing. So good. Um, but I uh, I I I 
get it. Like, you're not meant to feel like everything is going to be okay, but you're also not meant to feel like it's the the end of the world. And the way it made me feel was like, you know, just kind of optimistic. You're like, oh, people, like, love will prevail over everything, even though we have to go through these tragic things. And, like, that's just a symptom of the human condition anyway. It's like things have to be kind of tragic in order for right. us to... Right. But really- then we have to keep going through the same one is what, like had me so worked up after like seeing another black kid getting choked out by the police after that's happened 20, 30, 50 times since that movie's been made, yeah. not longer and still, and then it's just like, yeah, burn it down. But, and I was like, you know, rooting for that. But then that quote at the end is like, that's the wrong thing to root for. And that's, I think that's the message of the film is but like, I think you don't make change yeah. that way. I think that's, that's what everyone, all the characters realize is that like, Oh no! It also kind of sucks that Sal's isn't there anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like, so. it's. It, it, I think it's with most cinematic, and I guess with most like like storytelling, is that like especially when when it's a story that that. Um, criticizes the human condition or analyzes the the human condition is that they uh, it's not meant to lead you to a solution it's meant to just be analytical or critical exactly to make you think about things the the feeling i walked away from this movie from definitely was i got like was was not a feeling of like a resolution i got definitely got the feeling of like this is a cycle that it's it's reached it's full. It's come around, and things are chill right now. It's something like this will happen again, but what do we do with this time right now where things have been calmed? Right. Yeah, and how can we... What can we do to keep things from getting so hot and exploding? Quick. Juice. Again. He's in the bathroom. I know. What kind of stuff should we put in envelopes this I'm, week? I'm thinking large amounts of wasabi. Yes, we should do wasabi in one, and then maybe like some pickled ginger. Yeah, in make another. it nice. Make it nice. Yeah, have a large have a, amount of a one a one-two punch, or we could just do like all wasabi, hot mustard, and just wipe out yeah. some sinuses. You open yeah. that baby, clear that, clear out the sinuses, melt melt your face off. Yeah, thinking that, or I was thinking, I was actually I was actually thinking about this. And yeah, I think about <laughs> this movie is, yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's cyclical really. We have to cycles. It's all go, circles. Go through the pizza. Cycles of we things. know what else is a circle? Pizza. Pizza is a flat circle, and that's that's the moral of this story. Jake, what was he talking about? What was he doing? Pizza, pizza, and the the cycle of. Uh, what was, what was the what cycle was, of, what kind of the movie? What sort of, what sort of gotta, mischief was this jerk back up to? <laughs> you cycle things around in the movie. Jake? Like oh, in life. He's a, he's and then you get to the something. slice that you started on. Jake? And you have to, you have to do better the next time you start on that slice. Juice? You tell me what Raven was talking about. You know I get to listen to this, right? <laughs> but you never do. We've done this it so many times. It's, it's a slice of life. 
and you have it <laughs> and uh then you, you try to you fold it and it's a taco i really i really miss the smooth better. sounds of the slice girls okay jake jake just <laughs> just i'm gonna need you to nod your head in any direction if whatever shenanigans raven was getting into while i was gone what makes was, you think raven was getting into shenanigans was it you <laughs> Look at us! Look at us! Who would have thought? Not me. Um, I think I think I think we actually did a good job. We're almost yeah. That was probably our most focused episode yet. Like yeah. we have a purpose. That was really good. <laughs> I'm gonna say this on this current podcast that we should probably pivot to a film oriented podcast or make us a side spin off because we all love films. Movies. We do. We it's do. It's still a sandwich podcast. That way, just we should talk about films. Okay. Speaking speaking of which, now now that we go back to the sandwich thing. So in uh, 1996, the MTV Movie Awards, which go as far as back as like 1990 or 80, 89 or some shit like that. And I'm like, who the fuck was like looking at MTV to be like, yeah, tell us what's good, what's good about movies. Well, I, think that's what I think that was MTV. Yeah, MTV got their start. They're saying, we don't give a fuck what you think. We're going to fucking yell this yeah. shit. Okay, 1996. Uh, Beavis and Butthead and, no, no, no. Uh, and Carson Daly. Remember when... <laughs> fuck yeah, Jews. Keep the off things. Remember when the MTV Movie Awards had like cool uh, categories? This one was yeah. Best Sandwich in a, in a Film uh, for that year, 1996. It was a ham and cheese. Also, Giancarlo Esposito. Nice. Uh, in the movie Smoke, which I have never seen. Never um, even heard of it. Is it about making bacon? I fucking hope so. I mean that'd be a cool movie. Or or is it like this the the aftermath of the movie Heat with uh, uh oh, Al you Pacino mean, you mean and Al Pacino. Um, ben Stiller's Robert dad. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Father of Finally father of Face Law. Off. I haven't seen Heat in a really long time. I've never seen that movie. I fine. I think you should check it out. I think it, for the next time we do do a uh, film episode, I think we should do Casablanca. Uh, no, Jake. we should do something uh, a little more food oriented. How about we don't commit to this right now? How about we discuss this off air? I think it's Casablanca. I'm saying it. I think we should do Chef. The John Favreau. Oh, yeah, that's probably better. I, I, I was going to say Hereditary. No. Okay. Nominees. It's Hereditary. Nominees. It's really ham movie. and cheese, smoke. Oh, we Jean, know we did talk about that. Giancarlo that, yeah. Esposito, Turkey Club, Harvey Keitel, Four Rooms. There's four different directors. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Tim Roth is in it. He plays the bellboy in all of the... To, to mm. be clear, uh, the um, fucking uh, Robert Rodriguez, and Quentin Tarantino, are all four directors. No, I forget who the other two <laughs> are. They also credited their doppelgangers. I forget who the other two are. Um, and then there's who, there's who plays a, the sandwich. Harvey Harvey Keitel. Um, he, he is the sandwich. He's, he's the turkey club. No, uh, uh, Tim Roth. Tim Roth is the sandwich. Yeah. yeah. No, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth make the sandwich. Oh, one of them is the bread. But they're both the bread. <laughs> they're both the bread and bread John, sandwich. John Travolta is the is the is the is, oh, is the sauce. Nice. 
in Face Off. It's the bread one and of sauce. the finest American movies ever. Which made. I think that was actually ninety six. Um, and then uh, well, you did have the famous scene where he takes the face off, puts it between a fucking hoag. Yeah, it's it's uh, in the the director's cut. That just reminds me of Cable Guy, where he puts like the meat on his face. He's like the lambs, the lambs, Clarice, because he's like doing (laughs) doing a Hannibal like that's such an upsetting movie. What the Cable Cable Guy? Cable Guy, yeah, the Cable Guy is really upsetting. It's such a good movie. More upsetting than Silence of the Lambs. Really? It's really. It's a good movie. Also, Silence of the Lambs. I rewatched it. I rewatched it the other month. Because last time I saw Science of was like 12, and that was, a, that was a lot for me to take in. And I watched Probably it again, being like fucking 28, 29. Really good movie. Great movie. The, horror, the scene at the end where, like, the night vision, one of the coolest, creepiest horror sequences. That is a Jonathan Demi film. All time. It's so good. I think he also directs... Uh, oh, Stop Making Sense. He directs mm. that. Stop making sense. The it. talking heads. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah I'm gonna. There's so many things you haven't seen. The next movie we need to talk about is a horror movie. I'm saying it right now. Oh wait 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 yeah, wait wait wait. Jake, before you, before you go, I think we should just 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 close out. We'll play play our our our. Oh yeah, I guess that's fair. A little walking out music, and then and then uh, you go pee, and then we can just have I, a, I have a normal too. conversation. Also, the the other nominee was uh, a a sub sandwich in Goldeneye that turns out to be uh, Q's, you know, Q penis. Yeah, Q. No, his lunch. Oh, that's good. That's the winner. It's got my vote. Same, same. Got my vote every time. Sub sandwich for Q. I love how we have two outro songs. But then we just, you know. This is just, just to smooth it out. Yeah, we're still talking, you know. Yeah. We want to. Feels good. We have to ease them gradually back into reality. Instead of oops, that goes gravity. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I want to say. Should I just do the Asian one? No. <laughs> well, we're walking them out. I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> you gold teeth, gold chain wearing fried chicken. And biscuit eating, monkey ate, baboon, big thigh, fast running, hide. He really went in on that. That's that's too much. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the thing the Asian guy said. No, that's what Pino says about black people. Oh, the Asian guy does one about Jews, which we also shouldn't do. No. <laughs> Why is it okay to do it to to Italians and black people then? Because Italians, at least right now, aren't currently being attacked en masse. Oh, double outro? <laughs> we always do that. I missed the first outro. <laughs> I just got here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs>